Solid red light. Solid red light. Red light, green light. Send rover right over. I'm Aaron Selbig. <laughs> did you? What did you say, Doctor Amy Esler? <laughs> All right. And we are the Latsky Kids. All right. Oh, that was good. That was good. This is going to be fun. This is a good one. I'm excited about this because what we're going to talk about today was such a huge part of our childhood. And that's true for both of us because a lot of these things that we talk about on this show, because it was the 80s, you know, it was either for boys or it was for girls. You know, Strawberry Shortcake was for girls. He-Man was for boys. Uh, G.I. Joe was for boys. And Annie the movie was for girls, you know. Um but but this was something that you and I both shared, and that is a love of books. Books, everybody. We're specifically going to talk about uh, two book series that we were both obsessed with. Well, Amy has a series she was obsessed with. We'll talk about that. And then I'm going to talk about a series that I was obsessed with. Although in this series of books that I'm going to talk about, I did not know this. There's 182 books in the series. I did not read them all. I did not know that. (laughs) Anyway, we'll get to that. But I want to start. Yes. Oh, man, I probably could find them at the local used bookstore. I'm sure they're around. Um, But, you know, we both did grow up with a love of reading uh, that love has stayed with us into our adult lives. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a I'm a, a career journalist and a writer and an editor, and I'm in communications now. And you are an educator and in administration, and you do a hell of a lot of uh, communicating as well. And, and right. Oh, yeah, that too. Right. <laughs> you presumably did a lot of reading for that job. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Where did this love of reading come from? That's a rhetorical question. I know the answer. <laughs> I was, but... <laughs> It came from mom, really. Um, and she just was, she was a voracious reader herself. She would read anything, you know. <laughs> she would read, she read some kind of, yeah, she read some pretty trashy stuff. But that that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but she, you know, she would also read more serious fare as well. Um, my earliest memory of her instilling that love of reading was and I don't uh, Amy I don't know if you remember this or not but you were there and, and she would she would read Little House on the Prairie books to us when we were very little I mean this is when we still lived in Michigan so you were like you know 3 or 4 um yeah 
but she would put us both on her lap and she would read Little House on the Prairie. You know, Laura Ingalls Wilder and the, the plains of, of harsh Minnesota plains. Um, and then she successfully somehow tricked me into reading the book to her. And eventually, and eventually, I don't know. I don't know how that worked, but it did work. And eventually I found myself reading. This is before I even went to school, I think. Or I was I was in, you know, I was very young, like lower elementary. And I learned a lot more from that probably than I did <laughs> learning to read in school. <laughs> yeah, you were, you, as I recall, you were very discippointed when you started school. Because you, uh, yeah. you were ready to rock and roll. And um, you were like, mm-hmm. like seminary. Yeah. They were doing ABCs, and I already had all that covered. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. So instead, I got in fights with the other kids. This is a whole other episode yeah, topic. It's a whole other topic. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but Mom really, you know, she really took that seriously. Yeah. Now, I would also like to sh- shout out Grandma Polly. Yeah, uh, Grandma Polly. Grandma Polly was our, our dad's mom, and she was, she. I think I was six when she died. It, it w- I remember it vividly. But, but I, I spent a lot of time with her. You were a little young, Amy, but I spent a lot of time with her, and she was a wonderful, wonderful woman. She was an amazing person. She really was. She, she has had a lasting impact on my life, my entire life. I've never forgotten her. And, and one of the things she did is she also shared Mom's love of reading, um, and she really, she and Mom really worked on me <laughs> a lot. <laughs> So that I I learned to read rather early and developed a lifelong uh, passion for it. Um, yeah. So we're going to get into some book series. I've got one I'm excited about, but I want to hear, Amy, what were the books that that just made you over the moon when you were a kid, a latchkey kid growing up in the 80s? The Babysitter's Club. I, I rem- yes, yes, I do. Like a lot of these things that are, you know, were assigned gender roles when we were kids. You know, I I can honestly say I never read a single page of a Babysitter's Club book. You're probably not surprised, but it wasn't just you, Amy. It was all my all the girls that I knew in school. 
It was like Cabbage Patch Kids or, you know, or Annie. Everybody was obsessed with the Babysitter's Club for a while. Yes, yes, absolutely. So they, they came out in 1986, so I was 10. Perfect, perfect, perfect age. Uh-huh. 10, preteen, you know, probably about the right reading level for the age that I was. Maybe a little bit low. Like, I was a pretty advanced reading, too, so it was probably actually a little bit low for me. But um, it was the thing where... All of your friends read them, too. And a lot of mm-hmm. things that, you know, I liked or that I would read wouldn't, you know, my friends at school, not necessarily so much. And so, but this is the thing that everyone was reading, and then it would be library day at school. You were just trying to get your hands on the next one or whatever, and it was you know, mm. like fighting over how many copies, you know, they had in the library and that kind of thing. So, I'm here for it. Okay. I know, I know almost nothing about this, so I'm very okay. curious to hear about it. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's like half the country. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) I was just going to ask how many Empire State Buildings. You read my mind. Yes. Okay. Okay, so, so the Babysitter's Club is about these, these four friends, these girls, who uh-huh. live in the small uh, suburban town of Stony Brook, Connecticut. And so they start with, like, little local babysitting services. That was a thing also that we did in the 80s. We would, you know, yeah. be inappropriately young babysitting others. Oh, yeah. Right. We, we had babysitters who were, like, a year or two older than us. <laughs> yeah. They needed a treasurer. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess they're making money. Okay, yes. Okay. Sure, sure. Yeah. Right. You got to balance the books. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Potentially having to deal with. So 
Um, so just to remind our, our, you know, our listeners, we're like, yeah, birthdays, I'm trying to remember who was who. So Christy, I probably related most to Christy, but of course the foundation. <laughs> 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 she, she had the big ideas. She was the boss. She was the boss lady. Right? She was the okay. Boss. Uh, gotcha. Marianne was super organized. She had beautiful handwriting. She was into sewing. She was into knitting. She was that whole thing. You had mm-hmm. Claudia, who was a, a Japanese-American. She was super artsy and super fashionable in this really like unique way. And then everybody loved Stacy. Who Stacy was? She had moved there from New York City. She was like sophisticated and fashionable, and you kind of wanted to be Stacy, but you you know you knew that you weren't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of and so, so the way this whole thing got started. So um, editor at Scholastic, Jean uh, Fywell, was put in charge of the preteen and young adult like book club. And she noticed there was this craft book called Jimmy's Babysitting Job that kept being number one month after month. And she's like, I know it has a terrible cover. It's not a good book. But why is it so popular? And so she decided the only reason it was is because it was about babysitting. She's like, there's something oh, about yeah. babysitting. Right. Thing. Sure. <laughs> so she enlisted <laughs> Ann Martin. Um, to, like, I just need some books about babysitting. So just write some stuff about babysitting and let's see what happens. And so Ann Martin was the original author of the Babysitter's Club uh, series. And originally it was intended to be just a four-part like mini-series, and that was going to be it. But, of course, they blew up and it turned into this whole thing, right? So it's interesting mm-hmm. to base the characters and the friendships on actual friends that she had as a kid and things that she experienced as a child. So a lot of it was based on her, her you know, own life. Um, and so, like I said, they, they dealt with all these topics like, you know, the death of a pet, sibling rivalry, mm. cancer, racism, really? eating disorders, wow. learning disorders, the death of a friend. So they got into some, you know, kind of heavy oh. stuff. I didn't know that. Yeah. So okay. But where they would draw the line was they did not talk about drugs or sex. Like, nope. Yeah. Well, that'll get your book. That'll get your book taken out of the school library, probably. Yeah, I remember the covers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, my my kids like those. Really? Wow. Does it look like her? I don't even know what kind it is. I have no idea. But anyway, oh. that's, that's kind of fun. And then in, in each of the books, 
had portions of it that were hand, like little handwritten passages, almost like a little journal entry or a little, like that kind of thing. And I, I remember really liking that part. I thought that was really cool. Um, mm-hmm. So they actually had um, one employee um, from their art department at Scholastic who did all the little handwriting pieces. It's like different, all the different characters, too. But it was one person and their handwriting, and they made it, you know, in a different place of the each of the kids um, in the series. So I thought that was kind of a fun. Um, that is cool. And so mm-hmm. because they were so popular, um, they were the demand was crazy. So Ann Martin, you know, the, the original author, she was turning out one of these things a month. Jeez, really? So she had this whole thing, this whole routine. She'd get up, she'd wake up early in the morning, and she would write longhand on those um, yellow legal pads from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day. Oh, my God. That sounds terrible. It really does sound terrible. And so it got to a point where they had to hire ghostwriters because there was no way. Yeah. But it turned into this thing where they had all these spin-off series because, again, it was so popular. So yeah. Cash they grab. Pretty much. To keep it all straight. Yeah. That was his job. <laughs> okay. Okay, doing some good. Why not? Why? It was such a huge popular book series that you would think that's a that sounds like a no brainer to me. No. There weren't any boys and gem in the holograms. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Are you serious? <laughs> Jeez. They, they made $12 million off of selling VHS tapes? 
HBO is like, um, yes, please. Yeah, okay. And did the series, and they did 13 episodes that ran um, throughout 1991. That later got picked up by the Disney Channel. And today, you can watch them on Hulu. Okay. Is the show any good? Does it do it justice? You've never seen it, but you're a huge fan. Okay, homework assignment. You need to go, after we're done recording this podcast, you need to go watch, Not no, not watch an episode, watch every single episode, and then report back and let me know if it's good or not. Because I'm definitely not going to watch it. Although if, if HBO made it, it must be pretty good at least, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I used to read the Hardy Boys. Yeah, mom, mom turned me on to the Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew because she used to read that when she was a kid. Yes. Oh, yeah, those were good. That's true. And who wouldn't? Wow, that is that's amazing. You know, yay! And you know what amazes me about that last thought there is that you know the author is cranking these out one every month, but still they they obviously have a lot of depth to them. You know, they they explore obviously complex emotions and difficult situations. And so there's a lot there for uh, something that is clearly a cash machine. You know, if you're cranking out a a book, a book a month, that's unreasonable. That's insane. Nobody does that. You know, so obviously they're just trying to make as much money as possible. But somehow, what is the name of the author? Uh, Anne, Anne Martin was still maintaining quality control and addressing, you know, uh, uh, addressing complex issues and, and doing so with with uh, enough depth that it obviously had an effect on you and, and, and a lot of other readers. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. There you have it, people. Babysitter's the Club. Babysitter's Club. Now I kind of want to read one. Check it out at your local That's fantastic. All right, we're going to take a short break here, and then we're going to come back, and I have a book series. I don't know if you read any of these. I think you did. Yeah, I think you did. Yeah, this is a book series that, like, I don't know. I guess I thought maybe it was mostly intended for boys, but I think girls read them too. All right, 
Big reveal coming up after a short break. And we're back. Welcome to the Latchkey Kids. I'm still Aaron Selbig. And I'm still Dr. Amy Becker. And we are talking about books today. Thank you, Amy, for educating me on the Babysitter's Club. I, I knew it was a thing. All the girls at my school were nuts about these books. They were the only books I ever saw some of these girls ever have in their possession. <laughs> um, but for me, and I want to say it was about that same time period when you're about like 10 11 years old i discovered choose your own adventure books yes. do you do you remember these oh my god i love them so much and also i asked my husband uh he grew up in canada i'm like did you choose your own adventure books uh when you were growing up he's like oh my god i loved them so yes choose your own adventure i want to i want to talk about these and you mentioned not that this is a contest you mentioned I'm going to make it a contest. You mentioned that the Babysitter's Club uh, series of books sold 176 million copies over the years. Yes. Choose Your Own Adventure books sold more than 250 million copies uh, over a period of about 20 years. They were published up until 1998, actually. I didn't know that. But, I mean, it might just be numbers because the Choose Your Own Adventure books, I did not know this. There are 182 of them. It's bonkers. I mean, that's many adventures. That's millions, probably. Yeah. But before we get into the choose your own adventure, though, I want to tell a quick story. Okay. Story time. I I don't know if you remember this or not. Probably not. Uh, this, but I almost burned down the house and killed everyone because of reading. Okay. So I was such a voracious reader when I was a kid that I would often stay up at night reading. And sometimes I would stay up literally all night. I would not sleep. I would read an entire book in one night sometimes. And I was so obsessed and I could literally could not put the book down that I wouldn't sleep. And so I got in trouble for this many times. And so what I would do is... Um, because my parents could see the light was on through the crack in my bedroom door, and that's how I was getting caught. So, brilliant idea. I took the lampshade off of my lamp, my E.T. lamp that Grandma Jean made for me, by the way. And I know. And I would lay it on the side and put it under the bed, and I would hide out under the bed with my book and the lamp next to me, and I would sit there and I would read under my bed all night long, which was perfectly fine until one night <laughs> when I fell asleep and the lamp kind of fell over and the hot light bulb lit the carpet on fire <laughs> under the bed. Yeah. And I remember I woke up in to the smell of acrid burning carpet and I freaked out. <laughs> And I managed to put the fire out and get the lamp out of there. And nobody noticed. Nobody noticed the burning carpet smell. It's the middle of the night. It's probably like 2 in the morning, right? And uh, I just kind of like left it there. 
And I didn't get caught until years later. And I, I think we were, I think I got a new bed maybe. For some reason, they were moving the bed out and revealed this burnt hole in the middle of the carpet. And dad's like, what the hell is this? And I'm like, I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, something must have been a mouse. Or maybe Amy got in here and burned the carpet under my bed. I don't know. <laughs> I know. It was under the bed. The, the bed could have very easily caught on fire. <laughs> I know. I know. I loved reading that I was willing to sacrifice my entire family. Anyway, I don't know if I was reading Choose Your Own Adventure when that happened, but it's very possible. Choose Your Own Adventure was one of the most popular children's series ever. It was it was made during the 1980s and into the 1990s. Um, the thing about these books... I think, I mean, I have a couple of theories on why these were so popular. Obviously, you're choosing your own adventure. We'll get to that in a minute. But to me, the thing that really sticks out when you look at them now is they're written in second person. And that's very, very rare, very rare. Like 99.9% .9 of all fiction is either first person or third person. And obviously, first. I will, yeah. No. Sure. So obviously, first person, the the narrator is you know the, you have a narrator basically who's who's telling you what happened, uh, and they are a part of the story. They're the main character usually. Third person is you know you are an outside observer who's observing all of these characters and situation fly on the wall. Second person, you the reader are the protagonist in the story. You're the hero. You're, and in the case of Choose Your Own Adventure, you're, it's really cool. You're a race car driver. You're, you're, a, you're a mountain climber. You're an international spy. You're a private investigator. It's different every time, yeah. So, and then the other thing, you know, why did we love these books so much? They, they gave you choices. So if, if you've never picked one up before, basically these books go along. They start on a story. Um, and then they'll go along and then they'll, they'll come to a situation and you'll have a decision to make, yep. you know, say, um, you're a private investigator and someone comes into your office and they have a case and should you take the case or should you tell the lady to get out of your office? If you want to take the case, t turn to page seven. So then you turn to page seven and the story continues. And then maybe a couple pages later, you know, there's another decision to make. Should you you know, follow this guy or whatever. And then you have all these decisions to make. And depending on which series of decisions to, to make you make during the story, it changes the ending. And there are several different possible endings to the story. And I was obsessive. As a writer, yeah. Change it. Yes. I read them all. Mm-hmm. I would, you know what I would do? Once I went through it like once or twice organically, I would read the Choose Your Own Adventure books cover to cover. No. <laughs> I used to do that. No, you're not supposed to do that, but it's kind of, you know, it's kind of weird and kind of weird and fun. I think it would be difficult to write. I always thought, how Well, I'm going to tell you how it, how it started. It was... This was the brainchild of a guy named Edward Packard. He he wrote a lot of them, and then later another uh, writer, R.A. Montgomery, wrote a lot of them too, these two guys. 
But it was Edward Packard in 1979 who came up with the idea. And he, he came up with the idea because he was reading bedtime stories to his daughters. And he would make these stories up, and he had a character named Pete. And he the, Pete lived on a remote, isolated island, and he would go around having adventures. But at some point, after all these bedtime stories about Pete on his island, Edward Packard ran out of things for Pete to do. So he said that he said he asked his two daughters to come up with different paths for the story to take, and he would adapt the story based on what they said. And then he thought after a while, like, you know, maybe we could actually write a book this way. And so he did. Yeah, yeah. The first one, and I read this one. I remember this one. The Cave of Time was the first one written. And this one, and in this one, you assume the role of a kid who accidentally discovers a strange cave. And it turns out it's not just a cave. It is a time portal with the power to transport you to any point in history. And then you make all these choices and you end up, you know, with the dinosaurs or in medieval times or, um, you know, it was really cool. I remember that one. It was it, uh, kind of a classic choose your own adventure. My personal my personal favorite choose your own adventure, though, was By Balloon to the Sahara, which is a wonderful title. <laughs> and you basically go on all these epic worldwide adventures in a hot air balloon. Including, including, there's aliens in it. I mean, these books get crazy, you know. They get, they get crazy. Uh, I just loved them. I loved them because it gave, it gave you agency. You know, it gave you power in reading these stories. They were so unusual because you had, you were literally part of the story. And it's that writing in second person that really does that. And then giving you the options to make decisions that impact the course of the story. Well, Very unusual. Very unusual. And I think Aaron, like the Babysitter's Club, Choose Your Own Adventure books were so popular that even kids who really didn't love reading as much as you and I did read mm-hmm. Choose Your Own Adventure books. So I think For sure. Aaron, my husband would say he was, he was probably in that camp. Like he was not coming out of the library like you and I were. Um, but he loved them too. So, you know, again, another one of those series that for a whole variety of reasons really resonated with kids. And that kids yeah. love. Absolutely. Yeah. Bad. I just always want kids to read their kids. Anything you like, just please read it. Oh, I, I love those books. And you're right. They were easy to read. They weren't complicated. They, they had really cool illustrations. Oh, and the covers, by the way. Oh. The covers were really cool. They they had they were kind of cr- a little creepy and eerie sometimes, but check them out. Just Google "choose your own adventure." Look at some of the covers; they're really cool. I love. I always love the color. Yeah, they had all. They were basically these intricate drawings that had, you know, all these elements of the story were included in like a collage kind of a drawing, and uh, it's really cool. You should check it out. I was obsessed with that. Um, what other books were you obsessed with, Amy? Were there other series like that that you, like the Babysitter's Club that you went nuts for? Well, I love Raul Dahl. So anything Raul Dahl yeah. is like probably at the top of my list, you know. James and the Giant Peach, yeah. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the Chocolate classic. Classic, mm-hmm. classic, classic. Um, you have, uh, do you remember Amelia Bedelia? I used to call you Amelia Bedelia. Yeah. 
Yes. Yes. She was like a, I think she was a maid, but she would always get confused because she took everything <laughs> super literally. So like oh. the, the homeowner would be like, you know, um, you know, brush the whatever, and she would do it like in like with a hairbrush. Like she just kept mm-hmm. doing these crazy. They weren't crazy, but I think I just liked her name and Lady Bedelia. Yes. Loved, of course, anything Judy Bloom, anything Beverly yeah. I read all those too. Those yeah. Great. And even the ones that were for girls, I read all of them too. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. That's right. You know, classics like the Velveteen Rabbit. When I was a little kid, I loved Jackie Chu's The Porch, The Grand Yeah. Yes. To the extent that now, so I'm a grandmother, as you know, Aaron. And I have in my home converted one of my guest bedrooms, which used to be one of my kids' bedrooms. Into a Dr. Seuss room. It's a Dr. Seuss themed playroom for my grandkids. What? I didn't know that. That's how much I still love Dr. Seuss. So, yes. And I, Aaron, I loved loved reading and books so much. I loved the Mountain Public Library. We talked about We referenced that before. Oh, yeah. I loved having a library card. Spent a lot of time in there. Yeah. I was fascinated with the whole process of check out. And they put the little card in the thing, and they scan the, the barcode, and then they put it in a pile over here. To the extent that I played librarian in my bedroom as a child with my stuffed animals as my patrons, and I would go through <laughs> the whole process of scanning my little book and putting the card in and putting it over here. I loved everything library, every uh-huh. book, and um, whatever. What a time. Awesome. That's that's awesome. I also, you know, you you spurred me to remember Shel Silverstein as well. I, my teacher in, I don't remember if it was like fifth grade, fourth or fifth grade. I don't remember which teacher, but it was a teacher who who brought out the book Where the Sidewalk Ends, which is a collection of the classic collection of Shel Silverstein, and I was obsessed with that as well. Yeah. 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 You were such an overachiever. I bet you got done with your work early every day. Yes. Yeah. Right. The the other books that I got obsessed with, um, you know, I had this weird habit of reading books that were based on movie screenplays, <laughs> and these were typically pretty bad. Like like E. T. There was one of there was one of E. T. There was one of Superman. You know, I I just I loved. It. I got them at the grocery store at Thrifty. They were like a dollar. And I would read through those pretty quick. Um, I got obsessed with The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings series. I have read those, all of those books, I don't even know how many times, including just a couple of years ago. I did it again. Um, My husband is currently listening to The Hobbit on audio. Awesome. 
Stephen King. I went crazy for Stephen King when I was, oh, middle school age, I would say. Um, and then I got into fantasy, like the Sword of Shannara trilogy was, was a big favorite. And obviously Lord of the Rings. Do you remember Encyclopedia Brown when we were younger? Do you remember that? I love those too. Yeah. It was a kid solving, you know, neighborhood mysteries, you know, it was fun. <laughs> oh man. Now I want to go, I want to go find a reading nook now and curl up. Yeah. Yeah. We go to, the, we actually have a brand new library in the town where I live that was just built a couple of years ago. It has a fireplace. It's really awesome. So I do go there and work and read. You mentioned earlier, like a, a good used bookstore. Oh. Yeah, we have one of those in my neighborhood too. We're we're lucky. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Oh, and then later, I mean, I th we were obviously way too we're too old for this, but our kids both got into Harry Potter, and so I've read all of that. I've read those multiple times as well. So yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. So the lesson is, there's a couple lessons here. A, support your local library. B, do not put a lamp under the bed. It's a bad idea. Okay? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. It's just, it's just made purely out of petroleum jelly, I think. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, that was fun. All right, I'm going to go check out the Babysitter's Club. I'm going to go to the used bookstore, maybe get a choose-your-own-adventure for old time's sake. Thanks, Amy. That was good. We'll see everybody next week. Be sure to check us out on Facebook. We're the Latchkey Kids. And bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>